good evening. Welcome tonight. It's cool in here, isn't it? A lot cooler than it is outside. The, um, there's some handouts my wife wants to explain to you and give you a little report of what happened this afternoon. Uh, this morning and this afternoon to her. And she was in a three and a half hour church service out in the sun. Amen? Amen. I was so glad that I sent her on my behalf. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> I spoke at church. one of our EACM churches this morning. We had, they're doing church outside. All I know is I never in my whole life ever want to go to hell. Amen. Because it was hot. And uh, it was awesome, though. People were hearing it on their porches. People were hearing the gospel. Walking down the street, driving down the street. One guy stopped, drove it, parked his car, and came into the service. It was just really awesome. So God is good. Amen. And uh, another announcement. The youth and children will begin next Sunday, August 1st. Um, we didn't get a chance to announce that this morning because I got the text on my way with Dr. Trish to our speaking engagement. So pass the word around. Youth and children will be opening next Sunday. They'll be practicing social distancing and all that good stuff. But they've been down there cleaning their brains out, and uh, it's beautiful. Also, uh, you will receive, and again, I didn't get to share this this morning, but Firewall USA. Uh, Prophet, Prophetess Patricia King, you've probably heard of her. Uh, she's awesome. And so God spoke to her to begin a prayer initiative around the nation, around the globe. And so I went to the prayer wall, uh, firewallusa.com, and I was able to enroll Evangel Church as well as all of our EACM uh, uh, organization. So uh, we, I listed our prayer times as the times that we would be contributing to the firewall. And what they're doing is getting enough people to be praying round the clock through election, through the election. So it's awesome. And I've given you the prayer points for intercessors as well as the decrees. How many of you, I want to remind you again, this is the decade of pay in the Hebrew, or it is also known as the year of the mouth. Amen? This is 5780 in the Jewish calendar, so 80 is the number of the mouth. And God wants us to decree a thing this year. So decree the word, the hand that I gave you uh, will tell you exactly what to decree. 1 to 12, and it's awesome. So make that a part of your prayer targets every day and uh, be faithful to it because we're in a critical time in our nation. Amen. Uh, we have to pray. We have to be on our face crying out to God. Um, and, and when you want to complain and murmur and uh, just get really down about everything, I got a message this morning from our Burma outreach. Um, it wasn't good. Uh, we, it just makes you very thankful to be in this nation. Yes. A mother of three little ones uh, in Burma, they're having a lot of unrest, a lot of warfare, 
And this two uh, military came to her door. They wanted the food in her house. And she said, I cannot give it to you. I have little ones to feed. And they shot her in the head, in the eye, and in the chest and killed her. So uh, it just I just started crying out. I said, God, this is reality in some nations, gang. And so we still are in one of the greatest nations of the world. And we must pray. Amen. We must get on our face and cry out to God for this nation. So you are now a part of Firewall USA, and I ask that you pray those directives. It's very crucial yes. as the body of Christ. We have the weight, the influence, and the power to pray that we can affect yes. the nations in this country. And between now and the elections, and now October, there's some things we need to pray about. Amen. As I shared to ward off possible more violence in the United States and to put a down to the curve of what they're saying is going to happen in October with the COVID. I believe we can have an influence if we'll pray as a people. But we have to start now. Yeah. I've been talking about preventative prayer. Yeah. Start now. Amen. Pray against it now. Was my it was. Amen. If we start praying now, we can have an influence before fall gets here, October, November. So I want to encourage you once again to pray. Amen. To pray, to pray, to pray. And believe God. I have a message tonight that uh, can... If you catch it, is, is there a... This one out again. Amen. Amen. Um, I have a message tonight. If you'll catch it as a believer, it will radically change the way that you pray. There's principles of prayer here. For those of you that have been around the church world for a while, it's not necessarily a new prayer. And do you have another mic? Right here. Here's yes. I did it this morning. I had it on and it goes. If you'll catch the principles here, um, there's a process that we all know of growing in God, expanding in God. But there's some principles here about prayer that can help you. Uh, how many want to have a higher batting average in prayer? Amen. If you apply these principles, they will work. And it's about a story about tenacity. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. The word once again. We've been saved for a number of years. We've probably heard passages of scripture from this very first Samuel. Father, once again, Speak to our hearts. Open our eyes. Give us an impartation of your spirit. And we grow in you. Bless 
tonight. Not only the word, but the ministry. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Now, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 30. And we're going to start right here. Let me give you the background. It's about 1015 B.C. Dr. Cheryl. Amen. 1015 B.C. David is living among the Philistines. And they begin to not trust him as they start to rise up against the nation of Israel. And at the same time, Saul is very distressed. And he's going around looking and inquiring of fortune tellers. Sound like same kind of junk goes on in America. Amen? It's the setting when the Amalekites take Ziklag. And the Philistines release David so he doesn't have to fight against his own Israel. So let's read it in the Word. But the key here, too, is that you begin to understand we're in a war. You're going to fight battles till you go home to be with Jesus. If you think getting saved and receiving Jesus in your heart means you never have to fight after that, wrong. Look at your neighbor and say, wrong. <laughs> You're in a battle. Once, you know, we have experienced the greatest uh, Passover ever. It's the, the only Passover since the time of the Bible where the Jewish people have had to celebrate it in their homes with their own family. So that's never been like that since the first Passover where they put the blood over the doorpost. So this year, this Passover has been significant. Once Israel crossed over in the Passover, they went and crossed over. It wasn't the end of a thing. Look at your neighbor and say, it wasn't the end. It meant they had to go fight. So here they got all done crossing the Red Sea, and the sea parts, they see this miraculous. That didn't mean they got over onto dry land in the promised land, and now they could kick back and eat pineapple and rest on a cloud. That meant they had to get girded up, because that, that was only the beginning. They had all these ites to fight. So here they're in the middle of the Amalekites. And they're fighting. But David's been relieved of this. Now let's look at 1 Samuel 30, verse 1 to 10. It came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag, and smitten Ziklag, and burned it with fire. Now understand, David's away fighting. And they leave their wives and their children and the older people at home. And they take the troops, they go out to join the Philistines to fight against Saul. But the Philistines don't trust Saul because he's Jewish, just like Saul's Jewish or Israel. So he sent him back to his home. But while he is gone away fighting, the Amalekites come and they take Ziglag. 
Read on. And had taken the women captives that were therein. They slew not any, either great or small, but carried them away and went on their way. Took the women away. Okay. So David and his men came to the city. In other words, they, they came home and it's burned to the ground. And their wives and their sons and their daughters are taken captives. Now, next verse. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. Did you ever cry so much over a situation that you actually lost physical strength? You weeped and weeped and they were physically... Now imagine what they're thinking. Who's got my wife? What are they doing to her? What are they doing to my children? Are they human sacrificing? Are they molesting? What are they doing to my children? What are they doing to my daughters? What are they doing to my wife? And here, they come back, their town is burned, the women and children are gone. Not killed, but gone. Read on. And David's two wives were taken captives. Ahinoam, the Jezreelitess, and Abigail, the wife of Nabal, the Carmelite. And David was greatly distressed. For the people spake of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Go back to the verse before this. Let's look at it. And David was greatly distressed. For the people spake of what? Stoning him. Because they, all the people was grieved. They were grieved over their families, their children. And David was their leader. They followed him in the battle. And they come back and the Amalekites, the dirty fighters that they are, they always fought the feeble. And they always fought the weak. They come around the backside. And they were off away from their homes trying to go into war and fight. And here comes the dirty Amalekites and raids them. And David was greatly distressed because the very people that volunteered to walk alongside of him, the people that served him, his soldiers, now turned on him and wanted to kill him. If you have an army that wants to kill you, I don't think you can run too far too fast. Amen? They're all hurting. They all wept. They were all broken because their wives and children were taken and their towns and their homes were burnt. But the Bible says that David encouraged himself, Lord. Now I want you to look at this principle. Put it back up on the screen. But David was greatly, wasn't distressed, he was greatly distressed for the people spake his own soldiers of stoning him because the souls of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. Now look at this verse here. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Now, now what verse is that? That is verse what? All right. No. No, it's not 31.9. David encouraged himself. Well, it's verse what? Six. six. Say verse six. Verse six. 
right, next verse. And David said to Abiathar the priest, Ahimelech's son, I pray thee, bring me hither the ephod. And Abiathar brought thither the ephod to David. Ephod might be like a prayer shawl. Go get, Abiathar, go get my prayer shawl, bring it to me. Now that's verse 7. Now look at verse 8. And David inquired at the Lord, saying... Now, inquire, what does that mean? He's what? He prayed. Yeah. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I, over, shall I overtake them? And he, God, put it back, put it back, put it back, put it back, put it back. And he answered him. God answered him. And said, pursue, for thou shalt surely overcome and recover all. Now, now, back this up. You have to look, go back to verse 6. I want to give you the first principle here. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Verse 6, he encouraged himself. Verse 7, go give me my what? Go get my prayer shawl. I'm getting ready to pray. He hasn't prayed yet. But verse 8 says, he prayed. He inquired of the Lord. And the Lord spoke back. One of the greatest things is when I, discipling converts, or working with people, and they said, you know, I thought I heard this voice. And, you know, it was the right answer. Or... I didn't know where to go buy this, and all of a sudden, this thought came to me. I said, that's the Holy Spirit. Oh, is it? Amen. And just to see that in someone else is so encouraging that you can be led of the Lord. He'll speak back to you. So God was speaking back. So let's get the principle. Verse 6, he said he what? Encouraged himself in the Lord. Verse 7, he got ready to pray, gave me my ephod, my prayer shawl. And verse 8, he inquired, or he finally prayed, and God spoke back. What are you saying, Dr. Episcopal? I'm saying David did something before he prayed. He encouraged himself. I can see David there singing, The joy of the Lord is my strength. The word strengthened there is the same word as the word encouraged. He strengthened himself. He could have been building himself up on the promises of God, or he could be. Praising the Lord, worshiping the Lord, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Remember that song? He was a psalmist. He could be singing, he could be praising, he could be building himself up. He could remember, I remember what God did for me a few years ago. I remember he delivered me from the paw of the what? The lion, the paw of the what? The bear. He's building his faith up before he prays. And that's the principle. He built up his faith before he prayed. He went to God with praise, with worship. He went to God remembering what God did for him. All these things, he doesn't say exactly what he did, but he did something before he prayed. He encouraged himself. He built himself up in God. What is this thing? God took me out of drugs. God took me out of alcohol. I can face this thing. This is nothing. God took me out of this lifestyle. Look at me now. I can handle this mountain, God. He built himself up, then he prayed. Many times when we're 
greatly depressed. Many times we're pushed into the corner. It seems like all sides are closing in on us. We go to God and go, oh God, not one more thing. I can't take it anymore. I'm at my max, Lord. I can't handle this, Lord. Help me, help me, help me, help me, help me. Now that's okay when you're first born again. But you've been saved 3, 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years. It's time we understand some of the principles. He built up his faith before he prayed. How do you build up his faith? Through praise, I believe, through worship, and through remembering what God had did for him in the past. He delivered him. You took that giant. What was his name? Goliath. You removed him. What's this? Nothing compared to this. And we forget sometimes the things that God has taken us out of. We forget sometimes things God has delivered us from. And we face something that's just a mohill. And we... <laughs> God, I can't take it. I get so much going on right now. Help me, help me. Don't you understand, God, please? Shut up! We're not talking, we're murmuring, complaining to God. God wants your faith build up. Then go pray. Now, I did say he'll put up with that for a while. As you're growing on that curve, amen? He hears our prayers, even our cries. So the first principle here to learn Help us in prayers. That verse 6 comes before verse 8. Say verse 6. Before verse 8. Preparation before prayer. Amen. You got to get your heart right when you begin to go into prayer. Amen. You got to have a right heart. You know, do you sit down at the dinner table and eat your food and don't wash your hands? You know, do you go out and work in the garden and come in and then you sit down at the dinner table and you start eating? No, you would go wash your hands. When we come into the presence of God, we need to wash our hearts. We need to cleanse our hearts from the day, from whatever we've gone through, from words we've spoken, whatever. So David had to prepare himself. What do you think we do in church? Yeah. The beautiful praise and worship this morning and tonight. We prepare ourselves through the scene. Cultivating our hearts getting ready for the word to be engrafted in our spirits. Uh, You know, I remember those days I sit down and pray years ago like this. Help! In Jesus' name. Amen. (laughs) But have you ever been there? Amen. But as we grow in God, we learn to apply the principles and the truths. Before you go to prayer many times, make sure your heart's clean, you've asked for forgiveness. Make sure you've done some praise, some worship, whatever the Lord leads you to do. Amen? Build yourself up, especially if you're facing giants. Remember things he's brought you out of. Not what he's brought you out of, but you can do this, God. I can, I can believe and have faith. You build yourself up with the promise. The second thing, principle is that he prayed. you got to pray. Some people think, well, God understands. God knows. I don't got to pray. He knows what I'm going through. Yes, he does, but he won't move until you pray. Listen to me closely. Your need, need doesn't move God. That's right. Once, when you're maybe first born again, but your need doesn't move God. 
God isn't moved by a person's need. Well, he understands what I'm going through. He understands my finances. He understands my body. God's not moved by need. If he was moved by need, look at all the starving people in the world and the children. God is moved by faith and by seed. You got that? Think about it, all the starving people in the world. If God was moved, he, I believe he's moved in his compassion of his Holy Spirit for those people, and he cares, but he won't lift a finger to feed them until somebody cries out in prayer, until somebody seeks him, and somebody believes or plants a seed. Amen? So, second thing is, you got to pray. You just can't say, well, God understands. He'll take care of it. You've got to pray about the situation. And what's more interesting is that God answers back. He talks to us. I want to divert for a second and come right back. Hebrews 4, 16, a familiar passage of Scripture. Well, I can't go to God. I, you know, I'm a sinner, and I just can't. Uh, this is not Hebrews four sixteen. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. In time of need, who God's need, our need. You find mercy and grace in your time of need. You can come boldly to the throne. You can come before the creator of the universe and stand before him and talk to him and pray. Amen. And commune with him. Amen. Well, I'm not worthy. By God's grace you are. And by his mercy you are. He wants to commune with you. He wants to talk to you. So here David gets ready for prayer. He curses himself. Then he gets his ephod, his prayer shawl. Then he prays. Then God speaks back to him. Amen. Go back to these verses. Where it says, verse 9 and 10. So David went. He and the 600 men that were with him and came to the brook Besor. It's about 20 miles southwest of Siglag. Where those that were left behind stayed. But David pursued he and 400 men for 200 abode behind or stayed back which were so faint they couldn't go over the brook Besor. They were so exhausted from weeping and crying and things that happened to them and wondering. They were just exhausted from the pursuit. But see, God spoke to him. When he inquired the Lord, God said, pursue, overtake, and you shall recover all. That's interesting. God spoke back to him. And David displayed faith with action, perseverance. He heard from the Lord, and then he stepped out. 
And he did what God told him to do. God told him to what? Pursue, overtake, and recover all. He inquired of the Lord, and the Lord said, he said, shall I pursue after this troop? And the Lord said, yeah, pursue, overtake, and recover all. Then David's next step is he steps out in faith, and he puts action to his faith. He does something. He doesn't sit there and believe, I have faith, I have faith, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I have faith. He did something. He put works with his faith. Amen. And how many of you know the enemy was right there to challenge him? Because he started out with 600. It says David pursued, but he started out with 600. So when God spoke to him, there were 600 men with him. So I'm sure his faith level was high because he had 600. But look what it said. They got to be sore, and now 200 fell behind. Now, how many of you know David's probably thinking that enemy's going, are you sure you better pursue? Are you sure you better keep moving? What if another 200 fall back? But David went by faith on what God spoke. How many of you have had to go forth on what God spoke? And some of what you thought you were taking with you fell back. And so David had 400. And they went. And they moved on merely what God said. How many of you have promises of God that God has spoken to your heart and everything looks like there's no way, God? But God said. So you patiently wait on God and you begin to pursue. You're pursuing out of faith the promise. They were pursuing by faith what God had said. Saints, we got to become people of action, especially in this season. The church has got to arise and have a voice and stop being passive and stop being politically correct and tolerant and all that good stuff. We've got to spread the gospel. We've got to tell people Jesus Christ is your only answer. I don't care what you do. I don't care what you're up against. Jesus Christ is the answer. And by faith, keep pursuing one soul after another. Well, I don't know that. That one person spit at me. So what? Back up so it doesn't touch you. But get out of the way. Do whatever you got to do, but pursue. Keep moving. Because where that one rejects you, there'll be 10 more that'll say, Amen. I, I want what you got. Pursue by faith, believing the promise. Look at this man of faith. It should set an example to us. He's got 600 men, not counting women and children, followed him. In the battle, he comes back. They want to kill him. But he gets a word from God. And he steps out. And they still follow him. Yes. Do you think the devil could have been tempting his mind and saying, 
They got your children. They got your wife. 200 guys won't go with you now. You're pushing too hard. Slow down. You're yeah. pushing too hard. Yeah. Give the people a rest. Slow down. Don't push yourself. He had to push over all the negative thoughts. He had to push against the powers of hell. All the demons working on the 600 men. Come on. And he went out with what God had said. And he stood for what God said. You're working too hard. Slow down. You're pushing too hard. He had heard from God. Stepped out in faith. And he believed what God said. So he began to pursue. But now let's look at verse 16 and 17. Uh, Verse Samuel 30, I believe it's uh, 16 and 17. And when he had brought him down, Behold, they were spread abroad upon all the earth. He's talking about the Amalekites. Eating and drinking and dancing because of all the great spoil. All the goodies, all the money, all the That they had taken out of the land of the Philistines and out of the land of Judah. And David smote them from the twilight even unto the evening of the next day. And there escaped not a man of them save 400 young men which rode on camels and fled. You know, look at what they said there. They had to fight the battle. They didn't just go in and poof. They just nailed everybody in one sweep. They had to go in and fight, and it said they fought from the dawn to the evening of the next day. I mean, think about that for one second. How many of you would have been spent after the first half hour? I said, okay, where is the recovery team? Come on. They had to fight. They had to fight. You've got to fight. Some of you have been fighting for years. Some of you have been fighting for months. Some of you have been fighting for days. You can't give up. You've got to fight. Fight in prayer. Fight crying out to God. Fight by, you know, get that devil a black eye. Go share the gospel with people. You've got to fight. This ain't no tiptoe through the tulips. Now, let me give you the mentality of some Christians. Especially those who have been saved for years. Well, I prepared, I did my praise and worship, I prayed, I heard from God, I'm staying the promises, he's given me the victory, and I'm going to stand and believe in faith. And they stop right there. The battle's the Lord's, the victory is mine. You ever hear that? The battle's the Lord's and the victory is mine. I understand the spiritual implication of that. But they think once they stand and believe and have faith, it's over. Ooh, I'm, I'm messing with some religious devils right now. Everybody say amen. They believe because they've had a promise, God's spoken, they stand in faith and believe, it's done. No, David had to fight to win. He had to go out and do some 
thing. Amen? That might be prayer. That might be fasting. Ooh, you hate that word. Might be prayer. It might be fasting. Might be an extra hour or so in praying the Holy Ghost. Might be extra time in praise and worship. But he had to fight to win. Well, I don't get it all that biting and rebuking that stuff. That's just not me. I don't have a peace about that. I like the love of God and the grace of God and the mercy of God. I know God's a God of love and mercy and grace. He saved me. But some people say they don't like it. all that devils and stuff. That's that. he was defeated two thousand years ago at the cross. You don't got to fight the devils. Well, you, you you're bound for a big rude awakening. Amen. The devil is real, and you've got to fight to win. Come on now. Everybody got to fight to win. You know, I really believe God has used this season with COVID, with the political unrest, with all this stuff. God has used it to make the church come alive. Because we were getting into a real comfortable, just apathetic uh, you know, and I've, I had people, pastors say to me, you know, Cheryl, you guys get into all that spiritual warfare. And I'm looking at their lives thinking, man, you need to do some. Because saints, look what happened to David when he laid back a little bit with Bathsheba. He was supposed to go to war at time, but he laid back because he was a little tired. Well, don't, you know, you need a rest. You shouldn't be doing all that warfare. And you know what we do? We get set comfortable and we get apathetic. And before long, yes, we got on, no spiritual muscles. We're all flabby. And then before long, we're getting in trouble. Why? Because our focus is off. We're just focused on being comfortable. And oh, God wants to just prosper me. And I just believe in a God of grace and mercy. I do too. But you know what? His grace isn't greasy. And his mercy is forever. But come on, we got to get off of our duff and do something. Because we're just going to get in trouble with God. When we just get comfortable and lay back and look what happened to David. He got in trouble with Bathsheba. Saints, God has used COVID. God has used this stuff because he's saying, look, this is real. This stuff's serious. Get on your face. Cry out. Pray. I want you to understand, Dr. Cheryl, I have a job. I did. I had someone say that to me. I have a real job. <laughs> I said, you know what? I'm going to sin in a minute. I'm going to smack you. I have a real job. But we got to pray. I got to get up two hours earlier so I can pray. Oh, I'm so sorry, princess. Get up. I get up at 6 if I got to be out of the house by 9. Why? So I can pray. So I can get my heart right. Get my attitude right. Especially on Mondays. I got to get up at 6 so I can leave the house by 9. Because I got to have a good attitude. Because I have a great excuse. I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired after Sunday. And I'm tired after this. Too bad. Stop whining and pray. 
pray. Man, I pray all day. I talk to God all day. But I love that quiet time where it's just me and him and I'm looking out at the backyard and I'm seeing a beautiful day and the green grass and he's talking to me. We got to take our time and we got to prioritize and we got to plan and get some structure and listen and hear God. And that just takes time. And that takes up energy. And that means you may not get to sleep all the time. And that just means all of that stuff. But look at, we can't afford not to pray. Look at the situation our country's in. Man, God woke me up for several nights in this past couple months. 3 a.m., 4 a.m., I'm going, please, God, really? I got a full day around. He's going, I need you to pray. I need you to intercede. This nation is going straight to hell. I said, I'm, I'm on it. And I'm just, I don't even know what I'm praying. I'm half asleep, but I'm praying in tongues. Because this is serious. He's using it all. People are dying. They're dropping off like flies around you. And it's like, we got to pray. We got to pray. I got word this morning. A very close friend, pastor, they just found stage four liver cancer. What? This guy was healthy as a horse. But see what I'm saying? We're in that Time. We're in the last days. We don't got a lot of time. You don't got a lot of time to not make an imprint in this earth so that you can face a holy God and say, I did what you called me to do. We got no time. We got to live as if tomorrow's it. We got to live every day. Stop wasting time. Stop wasting time with stupid video games and peeling every piece of newspaper to your nose and looking at your phone 3,000 times a day and all this garbage, walking in that little gray area. Well, I'll just have this drink. Well, I can drink that. Well, I can just do this. God understands. He knows my heart. Stop it. We can't afford to play anymore. We are in serious, serious times. And God, I said this last week, God is looking at the believers. He's looking at the church saints. I'm not talking about the unsaved. He's looking at the church, and he's going, hey, man, I'm drawing a line. And I'm going to tell you what, there is no more gray. No more gray. You're either for me or you ain't. And you better jump on the side you want to be on. How many of you hear me? Let's look at the last principle here. First one, he encouraged himself in the Lord. He prepared himself before he prayed. Number two, he prayed. He didn't just believe God was going to take care of it. He had to pray and inquire of the Lord. And what's amazing about that is God spoke back. You have to stop and listen in your prayer time. Get to know the voice of the Lord. Number three, once he heard from the Lord, he stepped out and displayed faith with action. He began to pursue the Amalekites. That's putting what you heard from God into action 
Amen? But there's a fifth thing that he did, and that's in verse 26. And when David came to Ziklag, as he came back to Ziklag after defeating the Amalekites, he sent of the spoil to the elders of Judah, even to his friends, saying, Behold, a present for you of the spoil of the enemies of the Lord. Amen. So God's, your enemies are God's enemies. But the principle here is that David was a giver. He shared of the spoil or the booty. What he had taken. David was a giver. He shared it with his friends. He shared it with the leaders, the elders. He was a giver. Amen. I want you to draw your attention to three passages of scripture. Please, take me there. Verse 8. And David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake, and without fail recover all. Say those three words. Say pursue, pursue overtake, overtake, and recover all. And recover Say it again. Say pursue, pursue overtake, overtake, and recover all. And recover all. Look at verse 10. But David pursued. He they pursued. Pursued. He and 400 men. For 200 stayed back, which were so faint, they couldn't go over the brook Besor. Say, so he pursued. Pursued. Verse 18. And David recovered all. How much did he recover? All. He recovered all. All. That the Amalekites or the enemy had what? Carried away. Carried away. And David what? Rested. And verse 19. And there was nothing lacking to them, neither small nor great, neither sons nor daughters, neither spoil, nor anything that they had taken to them. David recovered all. Three key words. Say pursue, pursue. Overtake, overtake, recover all. Recover Say it again. Say pursue, pursue. Overtake, overtake, and recover all. He's taken from you in your children. He's taken from you in your self-respect. He's taken from you, amen, through alcohol and drugs. He's taken to you in different areas of your life. He stole your self-image. What are you going to do? You're going to what? Pursue, overtake, and recover all. So you missed it. What are you going to do? Pick yourself up and what? Pursue, overtake, and recover all. Do you think David may have thought, maybe I missed it. I shouldn't have went away and left the town unguarded? Do you think the devil didn't say, you missed it, you blew it? But what did David do? He didn't look back. He encouraged himself in the Lord. He prayed. He inquired of the Lord. He got a word. And he stepped out in faith. He just didn't say, I want to stand here in faith and believe. No, he did something. He put works to his faith. He pursued. He overtake. And he got it all back and some extras. 
Say pursue. Overtake. And recover all. I want to I I share something, a clip with you about prayer. I shared this before, but I want to stir your faith. It's from one of my favorite preachers. I have many, but R.W. Shambuck, but uh, this guy I like. Would you roll that clip, please, by John Hagee? is as close as your next prayer. Prayer is the weapon that God has given his children to wage war in the heavenlies. Church of Jesus Christ, stop whining about the attacks on your life by the prince of darkness and put on the whole armor of God in Ephesians 6. Attack, attack, and then attack again, and then attack again, and crush him, and drive him out of your life. If it seems to be hopeless, pray, 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 because God answers prayer. Moses prayed and the sun was arrested in its courses by the hand of God as Joshua crushed the enemies of Israel. Elijah prayed and forked tongues of fire laced across the heavens and consumed the sacrifice soaked with twelve barrels of water. Hezekiah prayed and I'm talking about Old Testament prayer right now. Hezekiah prayed and 185,000 Assyrians that surrounded Jerusalem had to fight, had to forcing fight. to slaughter every Jew in the sacred city the next morning, Hezekiah rolled out the letter that General Sennacherib had sent to him, mocking his God and mocking the people of Israel. He pulled out his secret weapon, prayer. He laid that letter before the Lord and said, God, your honor is at stake. Let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. Your word says, he that keepeth Israel neither slumbers nor sleep. And that night, the death angel from heaven came and swept through the camp of the Assyrians. He smote the sentry standing at his post. He smote the infantry slumbering in their tents. He smote the generals as they made their battle plans to destroy the sacred city. The next morning when Hezekiah looked over the sacred walls of the city of Jerusalem by the dawn's early light, he saw 185,000 dead men because the angel of God passed by that night. Why? Because one man knew how to pray. He stopped an army and turned the destiny of a nation around and you can too. Because Satan is a defeated foe. Christ has given you the keys of death, hell, and the grave. You are a child of God and the royal blood of heaven is flowing in your veins. You are destined to be more than a conqueror through Christ. Think like it, act like it, and talk like it every day of your life. And believe, and believe that God can do the impossible. Jesus said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. If you want power with God, learn to pray. If you don't know how to pray, you will never be successful. I have preached the gospel of Jesus Christ for 44 years. I have preached in football stadiums packed with 75 to 80,000 people. I have preached in the beautiful cathedrals of Rome. I have preached in the mud huts of third world nations. I have preached to millions of people around the world by radio and television. Why did it happen? It happened because my mother went to war with the devil for my soul in her prayer room and the devil lost she prayed me out of the fires of hell and into the gates of heaven prayer works try it
Say pursue. Overtake. Recover all. Pursue. Overtake. And recover all. What is the enemy stolen from you? Amen. Whatever it is, get on your knees and begin to pray and begin to believe God and begin to intercede and begin to cry out to God. Pursue, overtake, and recover all. Stand to your feet and shout it one more time. Say pursue, overtake, and recover all. Pursue, overtake, and recover all. Come on, give the Lord a clap offering. Amen. God, I need a deeper prayer life. I need to go a little deeper. Get to know your voice a little bit more. Hear from you. I want that relationship with you of close intimacy. And I can hear your voice. God speaks. How do you think you got this? Spoke to men's hearts. This isn't you just talking to him. He wants to talk about it. You're standing in a miracle right now. Some of you, Reverend Christie, and some of you from the old building, remember. Buying this building. They wanted a million point two. That first offer was a hundred thousand. They laughed. Nineteen offers. 27 offers and 19 counter offers by the Baptist Church. We bought it. You're standing in a miracle. But they laughed at me. They said, nah, they'll never take it. They'll never buy it. But we did. Today, in here, we blessed 21 churches that had services today. Not just our church, 21 other churches. Between yesterday, a couple of them, and 19 today. Not knowing but just listening. We have to respond to what God wants to talk to us. Every time I go back to God, give me an offer, go back. You know 27 times and 19 times are back and forth? I kept hearing, God, what do I do next? What do you do? He'll speak to you about where you're at. I know I want to go deeper in prayer. Anybody else here? Come stand here. We're going to worship God tonight as we close. That'll be your altar call. Come lift your hands. Worship. Talk to God. I want a deeper prayer life with you, Lord. If you're here tonight and you need to recommit your life back to God and you say, Dr. Jerry, I need to get serious about the things of God. I have missed it in certain areas. And today I want things to turn around. I missed it in my home life. I missed it in my business. I missed it in my marriage. I missed it here and there. And you want to get right with God? Let's pray. We can. Starts with a commitment. Let's all pray together. Say, Lord Jesus, be the Lord of my life. I turn. I repent. I ask for forgiveness. I place myself under the mercy and the grace of God. Jesus change me. Make me more like you. Thank you for forgiving me, accepting me, and loving me. I rededicate my life to you. In Jesus' name.
Amen. Lift your hands up and begin to talk to the Father and say, God, I want a deeper relationship with you. Don't leave me where I'm at. Take me further. Amen. I will hear your concerns, but know my daughter and my son that I'll never leave you. I'm going to walk through the mountains. I'm going to walk through the valleys. Justin, the Spirit of the Lord told me to tell you, be prepared for promotion is coming your way. I trained you in the military to lead, and I've not taken my hand off of you. For I have given you the skills and the ability to lead. And it may not be where you are, son, but be ready. Because when I call you to move, I'm going to call you to move forward and to lead as David led into a time of spiritual war. You've been a quiet warrior. Many have wondered about you. Oh, but son, I've heard you. I've heard you in the night. I've heard you when you come before me in prayer. I've heard you when you cried. I've heard you when you complained. And I've heard you when you murmured. Yes, and I've heard you when you praised. And I've heard you when you worshiped. And know and understand that my hand is with you. I'm the one who's taking you by the hand. I'm the one that's walking you right now, said the Spirit of the Lord. For it's not Dr. Scott's hand in your hand. Yes, it's the Spirit of the Lord's hand in your hand. And son, I've called you to lead and be prepared to go when I tell you to go in the name of Jesus. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you and praise you, God, that as they go, they're going in your power and they're going in your might. And God, we bless you because we know this one thing, that God, they are not going alone, that you've already preceded them. And in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we take authority over every enemy, over every lying devil in the name of Jesus. But God, let there be a release of angels on their behalf in Jesus' name. I thank you and praise you, God, that there's an army, oh God, a host of angels that's escorting them even now. So God, I thank you. I pray for health. In the name of Jesus, I speak to their physical bodies and I command your bodies to be made whole. And every ailment that's contrary to the will of God and the word of God, you are lying wonder. And so I command pain, I command gross, I command uh, issues in the blood or pressures, I command nasal problems. I speak to your throat, Dr. Tom, and I say from this day forth, you will not have polyps there in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. So God, we declare that their bodies are strengthened for the journey ahead in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So I just want to encourage you today that uh, the military definition of leadership, it is the art. It's the art of influencing others that they might be able to accomplish their mission. So I want to encourage you today that God said, I have created an art in you. I've created, it's an art it's the art that he does. So he says, son and daughter, as you take this journey, know that just like I've created the art of worship in you, I have created the art of leadership in you. So know that your steps, every step that you take is ordered by the Lord. 
So we bless you on today. We bless you on today that you are a part of our forever family and we will continue to uphold you in prayer. We will call your name out before the Lord. We will call you. We will text you. We will make sure that your journey, that you are journeying on, that we keep connected to you. We bless you. We bless you. We bless you. In Jesus' name. I see the weapons of your warfare. Each of you individually, I see the weapons that God has given you and you and you and Ashton. I see that you're like this family that is not to be messed with, even though the enemy has tried to come in different angles and different ways, trying to come against your weaknesses. But God says, where you are weak, I am strong. So God says that even as you are like this man of vision, that, that vision, a visionary, and God says, so the future, God says, I'm going to take you, son. I'm going to take you like I did John. I'm going to speak to you like I spoke to John. I'm going to speak to you in the night season. I'm going to speak to you in the mornings. I'm going to give you vision. I'm going to give you even greater things in the prophetic. And God says, when you write them down, some of them are going to become songs. Some of them are going to be psalms. Some of them are going to be prayers. Some of them are going to be utterances. Some of them you're just going to declare and decree over your family and over the body of Christ. And God says, even right now, as I lift you up to a new level in me, God says, watch out because here comes the wind of my spirit. For even though you are sometimes, you want to hold on to what you know, God says, I'm going to take you into the unknown. God says, I'm going to do for you what I want to do through you. God says, <laughs> and you're going to be flying in the spirit realm like in a new way that you've never experienced yet. Thank you, Father God. I see pastoral on you. Gina, I see that the enemy has come against your mind at times, but God is doing a thing in you. God is doing a, a spirit of grace upon you. There's a strength within you that the devil will not be able to shake anymore. There's a core of my spirit within you, Gina, and I see that you're going to counsel people, and I see that there's this word of knowledge that will come and a discernment that is there because the Lord says, I need you in this time. The, the steadfastness of who you are, the gentleness of who who you are uh, just the faithfulness of who you are God says I'm pulling on all those things and I'm going to unleash you to a group of people that are going to be craving that type of thing the thing that is within you the ministry within you is going to be poured out to the women is going to be poured out to the young people going to be poured out to the people thank you Lord God and Justin, I talked to you in the hallway, but I see you just like Dr. Scott said, that there's this David anointing on you. That that which the enemy has tried to come in one way to try to discourage you, to pull you down, you are going to pick up the sword of the Spirit and you are going to, in the other hand, you're going to cut his head off because that's the strength within you. God says there's a warrior within you. God says I'm pulling on that warrior now. God says you haven't seen anything yet. And the Lord says I want you to hunker down down and I want you to coil down and when you come up with that sword God says you're going to watch the victory even like Samson how he shook himself even like Samson how he couldn't be bound up even like Samson how there was this incredible strength of the Lord that is what you that is what is in you and I see for Ashton like she's in a blindfold on a tightrope 
And every word that God speaks to Ashton, she's going to take one step at a time, faith by faith, line upon line, precept upon precept. For God is building something in Ashton. God is building something in her. There's going to be a legacy behind her name. She's going to do that for the kingdom. Thank you, God. New, new, brand new. This whole thing is brand new. Just like my way for the church, saith God, this is a new way for you. For I have placed in you many talents and abilities, many things that are untapped yet. But where you are going, you are moving toward the destiny that I have for you. So do not fear and do not worry For I have gone before you And you have not gone this way before But know that I have gone before you And prepared it And I shall lead you No need to fear No need to worry Just hold tight on me Because it's brand new saith the Lord And you shall be enlightened in your steps Even as you obey me to the fullest For there are many waiting For I have heard the cries And I am sending you I am sending you for I have prepared what is needed for them the cry has come into my ear and yes I have prepared a people and you will go but you will blend and you will be one and you will accomplish that that I have called you to do surprising even to you oh yes you are bolder than you think you are yes because I have placed in you what is needed for this hour and this time and you shall see and you shall wonder who is that who is that but know that it is me in you doing the work that I've called you to do all together as one you shall mesh together but bring much glory to my name for I am stretching you oh yes I've been stretching you for a while you have felt the pains you have felt the pains because I was stretching you I say I was doing it and now you shall walk in that that I have prepared for you. And yes, you shall go. And you shall make me proud, saith the Lord. Yeah, for my spirit is upon you. I prepare the way. And because you have settled it in your heart to obey, it shall be well with you too. Go with a smile. And go with joy to the next assignment that I have set for you. Go, go, go. Move, 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 move. For I have prepared you. You can do it. And you will do it, saith the Lord, with great joy. This is what God is showing me. I have friends that started a church. They all had degrees. Everyone came in a church, have a degree, and are married. What I see is you reproducing after yourselves. Families that will stay together their children will be in ministry and this is what God is showing me you're going to be re reproducing after yourselves praise God
what he called it. He says, I'm throwing them a learning curve. And I said, okay, God. And he said, a learning curve is when I take you out and immerse you in what I'm teaching you. And God says, I'm taking you on that learning curve because you're going to become very skilled, very professional, very immersed in it. And then you're going to go out and share everything you're, you're learning. And God said to tell you, son and daughter, I am presenting before you many opportunities. And he said, just as many years ago when you took the opportunity in this house, God said the same things ran across your mind. Are we doing the right thing? Oh, my God. Look at, they do some things so different. And God said all them things are going through your mind. But God said, son and daughter, you're going to succeed because God said to tell you there's greatness in you. And God says what I put my hand to in your life only can be successful. So God says, go forth because he says, the opportunities, this is only a stepping stone into the regular destiny you'll walk in one day. And I heard God say, you will have your own. That's what I heard. And God says, but you're going to go out on this learning curve and you're going to accept opportunities and you're going to have all kinds of experiences. And God says, yeah, you're going to go through some stuff because that's where you're going to really learn. But God said, nothing that you ain't been through already, nothing that you ain't seen the lion and the bear defeated because God said, you have greatness in you. And he just kept saying, greatness in you, greatness in you. And the Lord says, get ready because there'll be no lack. That's been a real thing deep down in your guts, God told me. And God says, nope, there'll be no lack. No lack. No lack. No lack. No lack. And God says, don't worry about, are we doing the right thing? God says, as long as you're walking close to me, I'll make plan A, plan B, plan A, and so on and so forth. God says, go and be blessed. And then God said to let you know that you got an incredible support group. Because this is home and you can always pick up the phone and say, ah, help. And God says, support, support, support. You're not, you're not leaving and never coming home. This is home, and God says, support is here. Amen? Amen. Yes. Thank you for 19 years yes. of serving this house. Once again, I say thank you. Once again, I appreciate you. And the word of the Lord would come to thee, saying, I've stirred thee, I've brought thee up, I've brought thee out, I've trained thee, I've inundated thee. Don't look back for your faith is forward, says the Lord. Look forward to what's ahead. Don't look back and say, oh, did we do it? I shouldn't have done it. I may be a, Don't second guess, says the Lord, but plant your feet firmly and move forward, not only in the prophetic, but the apostolic. Yes, you've written books. Yes, you've counseled with people, but the anointing will increase in these areas, says the Lord. You'll write again and write again and write again. And the Lord says, there'll be an apostolic anointing that comes over you for counsel, for wisdom, for insight, for that which you've imparted and what you received and what you get, says the Lord, you'll be a dispenser and give out. Get ready to be stirred. Get ready to be challenged. Get ready to go to the next level, says the Lord, because the anointing will be there. It's in you, says the Lord. Look where you've come from and don't look where you've come from, but look where you're going, says the Lord. Remember, faith is forward. So don't look back, but plow. Dig your 
sorted a little deeper, says the Lord, and pick up your sword and do warfare against the enemy. For you know you've been trained, you've been inundated with the power of warfare, with the prophetic anointing, with the minstrel psalmist anointing. The two of you are a team that I have placed together to be a source, to be a means of warfare against the enemy. So wherever you go, pick up your sword and fight, says the Lord. For surely, as you pursue, overtake, you will recover all. Lord says, you haven't lost anything. I'm just adding to you. I'm about ready to enlarge and expand your territory. So get ready. Get ready, get ready, get ready to be used. And son, man of God, leadership, as you heard, is in your belly. The Lord says, I'm going to begin to thrust you out now into uncomfortable places and positions. You're a born natural leader. It's only bred within the family. Amen. But now the opportunity is going to come. And when it knocks, don't back up. Walk through it. It will increase, increase. For I've called you to minister and to teach my people and to preach the young people, people of your age, and to pour into them. God says, you've got the goods. You've got the anointing. Begin to use it as I open those doors of opportunity. And they will come. Amen. Yes, you can drum, but there's more in you than just drumming. There's a whole new people waiting to hear what you've got to say. You've been trained by these two. You've been poured in, and now you're ready. So get ready. As they make the next step, so will you. My blessing is upon the three of you, for I've called this family to ministry. My blessings will always be upon you. So you're not going, you're not leaving, you're just taking another step. Amen. Give a little clap over for them. Amen. If somebody else has a word, just see them after the service or write it down. You can give it to them. Amen. Love it. Amen. All right, let's rejoice. You got something that we all know? We all know the words so that we can jump and shout and dance and praise. Thank you for staying with us tonight and enduring and getting ready to go home. Amen.